think it's nice to show people that you know you don't need to be a twitch partner to achieve success on twitch yeah you know um it that that check mark is not the only metric for success for sure um oh. and i mean I, i've been doing events with twitch since 2017 uh, i've done like five twitch cons now yeah and you know i've managed to create this great working relationship with them and find lots of other cool opportunities with overwatch events yeah. um, i've had apex share some of my work fortnite re has retweeted my stream before um so i've had a lot of great opportunities cool. um still come about and that that check mark wasn't a requirement for those things to make it happen and i think people right. almost kind of think of like i can't really do anything until i get that check mark but that is a self-imposed restriction yes. so don't ever let the fact that you may or may not have a check mark limit what you try to do Welcome to Tardux, a podcast for content creators to come on, share their stories, experiences, and advice. And today, I'm so happy I have Nick. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time and then coming on and do this. I've been looking forward to this one uh, ever since I first reached out. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been excited for it too. Yeah. All right. So what we normally do is we start with three random questions just to get the juices flowing. Are you ready? Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Best thing about where you live? Best thing about where I live, um, it's a big city. I live in Toronto, and uh, it just means there's a lot of stuff to do. So there's never a time where it's like, hmm, what should we do this weekend? And like, you come up with no solutions. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely love that there's always something to do awesome. in, a, in a big city like Toronto. All right. So now, second question. In a pinch, is it okay to use your teeth to separate Lego bricks? Yes. Yes, right. it is. Yes, it is. Ooh, wow. Putting me on the spot, getting the spicy questions I, yeah, going right away. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> I and... like to tell people not to look when I'm doing it, but I yeah, still do it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's tough. Those those things are stubborn sometimes. They are. Those little are one, pe one by ones. Oh, my God. Yes. I, I will say most pieces nowadays can be rectified with a brick separator. Yes. But they're like sometimes those Technic pins, like the beams oh, and yeah. axles, you got to slide them out and yeah. your teeth grab better than almost anything else. <laughs> All right, and last movie you saw? Last movie I saw. Uh, um, whoa, putting me on this body yeah. here. I, I want to say it was the second last Harry Potter movie. Okay. Uh, me and the fiance are working through the series because we got some free tickets to the um, the theater show. Oh, very nice. First Child. Oh, mm -hmm. now have you seen it yet or are you going to be seeing it soon? Going to be seeing it soon. We have one more movie to do and then the show's next week. So. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Now, you, have you not seen the movies before or? I I, I had. I, okay. I had. When I was growing up, I kind of stopped with the movies because yeah. it was just feeling like a lot to keep up with. But then um, I stumbled upon the audiobooks and yes. I was really liking the audiobooks. So I did like each audiobook followed by each movie. Yeah. So I did that over a couple of months, um, a few years back. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just rewatching them to get refamiliarized, and then my fiance hasn't seen them all. Oh my god! So we're making sure she kind of knows the full story before we go and see the uh, the show. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, did you do the audiobooks with Stephen Fry reading them? The... You know what? I'm not gonna lie. I actually don't remember because I know there's two versions. Yes. And I'm not sure which one I listened to. <laughs> all right. So let's get rolling into this. So what did Nick do before you first went live or created your YouTube video? um you know what funnily enough i will say i've been doing content creation for a long time uh not as brick and nick but yeah i think when i was gosh in like grade eight i oh uploaded God. um <laughs> like a stop motion video which you do not want to look at because yeah. it's awful but it, it actually weirdly caught the algorithm i think it ended up with like eight hundred thousand views or something oh ridiculous God. it was a very weird thing 
Um, I never capitalized on that, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but uh, before I was doing content creation, I studied for mechanical engineering in university here in Toronto. Um, and I, I did work in the in the world of engineering for a little bit. Nice. Not really in what I wanted to be doing with engineering, though. I found it was very difficult to find opportunities related to uh, I did mechanical engineering and I really wanted to apply more of that mechanical related knowledge. Yeah. Um, but I basically could not find any opportunities relating to that. And so while I was in engineering, I was like, let me start exploring this world of content creation and stuff. Yeah. Um, I did also work in retail for a very long time. I was actually very lucky to work at the Lego store oh, for many, many okay. years. Um, and then I also worked at Apple yeah. while I was kind of building up some of nice. my content creation stuff. Very cool. All mm -hmm. right. How about video games? Would you, uh, what are you, some of your first video game memories? First video game memories? Um, I would say N64 and Game Boy are yeah. definitely big parts of my childhood. Remember a lot of Mario Kart, um, Pokemon, Pokemon Stadium were really, really fun. And then I think my favorite generation of Nintendo was probably GameCube. Yeah. Like the Switch is phenomenal, and it's incredible what they're putting out for it. But like in terms of nostalgia, yeah. GameCube was definitely one of my favorite generations. Like Mario Party and yeah. the Mario Kart Double Dash. I loved having two characters on the carts. Yeah. Um, tons of fun there. Tons nice. of fun there. And that all-time favorite game? or games uh probably would have to be destiny slash destiny 2 yeah. yeah i've just it's the game i've definitely spent the most time with by far yeah um i did love star wars battlefront 2 growing up though on yes. ps2 yeah i think that was actually the first game i ever played online as well okay. me and my friend would clog up the house phone line be on our <laughs> old school cable units you know land in and yeah we would chat while we would play with the other headphone on or whatever so oh, nice. that was uh that was some fun times for sure nice any video games you're playing these days uh, definitely still Destiny here and there. Yeah. Um, my video game time has fallen off a lot recently, unfortunately, but um, squeezed in some Fall Guys with the fiance. That's nice. a fun one for us to play together when we want to just chill and kind of relax and have some fun. Yeah. Um, I played through the Lego Brick Tales game recently because um, I got a free code from that. Yeah. Um, so that was a fun little game to, you know, do some more building in, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then, I you know, I like Apex. Uh, I enjoy, I've enjoyed Fortnite in the past. Um so, yeah, I'm definitely, like, an FPS guy, and then, like, action-adventure, yeah. I guess, would be yeah. the other category. Okay. All right, mm -hmm. let's let's talk about Lego memories. What, do you remember your first Lego set? I do, I do. It's actually in the background here. Did, oh, did you, do you want me to grab it? Yeah, let's see it. <laughs> sure, let's do it. <laughs> and although I'm not actually, like, a thousand percent sure this really is my first Lego set, but it's the first one I have a memory of oh, acquiring. Um, this is from, like, the late 90s. It was part of a theme called Rescue, as you can see on yeah. the hood there just a fun little theme with like little types of rescue vehicles there were like jet skis and yeah other wheeled vehicles and helicopters and oh, boats and stuff um so it's just like a, a cute little theme and i just remember picking this out at the store yeah when i was little and there was something about the way those bricks interlock together that just really drew me in yeah and uh, obviously brought me to where i am today Absolutely, all the... yeah. yeah yeah so i'm a lot older than you so my first memory is the uh, lego space set from the early 80s with, oh, like benny oh you are just after my own heart. I don't know if you can see. I actually have a triple stack. Oh, I see that. Of, yeah, uh, the new Galaxy Explorer in the background, but they're all based on, of course, that classic stuff. And yeah, just a phenomenal theme. Yeah, I, I remember it was like it was like a three foot jean material circle of the moon and of the string. Oh. So you put all the Legos yeah. in, and you know you had your bag of Legos. So yeah, so I, yeah, that was. Uh, I, I'm time. actually a little envious that you got to grow up during that time because <laughs> man, that was like a very like. 
I want to say formative time for for Lego and Lego sets. So. It was, but they've had their ups and downs. You know, they had sort of the, the dark, you know, where they sort of almost disappeared, and then that resurgence. Mm-hmm. It was just, yeah, it's, yep. it's a neat trip to to look back. It is indeed. Yeah, Legos had a very interesting journey. Yeah. Now, what are some of your favorite IPs that they've done? They've released. Um, Star Wars, of course, is definitely a big standout. Yeah. Um, I think that played a big part in drawing me further into the hobby. Yeah. Um, so very thankful that they that they did that. Um, I'm a really big fan. It's not necessarily an IP, but I love Lego Ideas. Yes. Because uh, it gives fans the opportunity to become the designers, which is yeah. admit, admittedly one of my dreams is to to be a Lego set designer someday. So yeah. I'm a big fan of Ideas and that it gives people that opportunity. Um, and then, I don't know, it's just been really cool to see like the move into video games more recently. Um, you know, we've got the Horizon Zero Dawn yeah. Tall Neck there. Um, obviously, all the Nintendo sets have been phenomenal as well. Um, so there's just been so, so much fun that they've been diving into over the last few years, especially. Yeah, the whole Lego Ideas thing has really exploded. You know, I remember they mm-hmm. do one every quarter or something like that, and now you're yep. just seeing all sorts of, like, you're seeing Harley-Davidson, you're seeing, like, uh, yeah, just, like, all these cars, Porsches, and things like yep. that. It's it's really cool to see. It is super impressive. And now, is there an elusive set out there that you would love to get your hands on? You know what? I've honestly been really fortunate, and I've gotten most yeah. of uh, the sets I've wanted. I did I did miss uh, a couple sets that I really wanted, and I did have to go down the unfortunate route of completely overpaying for them a few years <laughs> after they were yeah. released. Uh, but I rectified that mistake, yeah. and I've been quite satisfied with most of what I've acquired otherwise. Yeah. I've always said I'd like to have some of the first idea sets, yeah. but they are just... It, 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 it is incredibly difficult to justify the cost of those ones. Yeah. Um, so yeah yeah i remember like uh, for years I, I was chasing the ucs falcon millennium falcon mm-hmm. and yep. luckily they did a re-release of that or a newer yeah. version because it was mm-hmm. just crazy you look at five thousand dollars and no exactly oh, yeah it's, it's wild it's wild what they get up to and then the you know the other thing living in canada lego sets are more expensive than what we pay down here for sure a little bit a yeah. little bit yeah um i mean i feel like it kind of works out relatively especially with like i don't know i guess the dollar now and stuff these days um so it's not doesn't feel so so bad i mean prices have gone up more recently for a lot of lego sets though they've made their first adjustment for inflation um and it just feels a little unnecessary because i mean i think we all know lego's doing just fine regardless of (laughs) inflation yeah um but at the end of the day they are a company you know it's important that they keep property profiting and I mean, they don't really have investors, but like they are because uh, they're still a family owned company, crazily mm-hmm. enough. But I'm sure they still have a board and they got to make the board members happy and whatever. Yeah. So I, I, I get it. You want to stay profitable as a business. But, yep. Yeah, um, my, it just makes it a little bit harder for Lego fans to stay Lego fans. It does. Yeah. I, my gauge was always basically for a thousand piece set was about a hundred dollars. That was my. Exactly. Yeah. The, the 10 cent per part ratio. It's a it's a nice one to kind of play by. And luckily, there is still a lot of good stuff out there that yeah. does fall within that. I, I will throw lots of love at the Galaxy Explorer for being uh, a very, very good candidate for, yeah. for that kind of price point um, yeah. and value. So, yeah. All right. And now over the years, what is one of your, you know, is there any particular mock or MOC that sticks out and yeah. that, um, you know, your I, favorite? Yeah, I, I love that you know all the Lego terms, by the way. It's great. But I do want to share, just for anyone who might be listening, if you're wondering what an MOC or mock is, it's my own creation. So that means a custom build. Um, I always like to make sure people, people, you know, highlight that. Yeah. Um, my favorite build from over the years is probably the uh, Nintendo switch, which is right behind me here. Okay. Um, I built that one in 2020. It was actually intended for Lego ideas, but it, it, I dropped it on ideas the same week they announced the Nintendo entertainment system. Oh. And at, as soon as they dropped that set, they prohibited 
any like Nintendo gaming consoles from being posted on Idea. So it's like ah, oh, uh, but it, it it's got sliding Joy Cons, it's got swappable game cartridges that have little game scenes, and uh, it was just a really fun one to bring to life. And I, people's excitement when they see the the Joy-Con sliding in and out and stuff is <laughs> is hard to beat. So yeah, it's it's definitely up there. Okay. And now, is there an in your opinion, is there an underappreciate underappreciated Lego theme? Underappreciated Lego theme, like the you know they had the Monster series a few years mm-hmm. back. They yep. had you know they went down like Ninja Ninjago chima or was it chima? legends of yeah chima yeah yeah no yeah. no wow you you're, you got a good encyclopedia there well you got um, I'm, i've been you know, so i've got three kids my oldest is yep. 22 so you know when the kids were lego age it was like oh i can jump back into this so then <laughs> yeah. things went crazy and i mean i want to say I, I very much appreciate all the awesome legoness in the background there and i and you of course were kind enough to show me some more pictures of your epic yeah. collection so it's always awesome seeing more lego love everywhere um I would say, honestly, Friends, I think, is actually a highly underappreciated theme. Yeah. Um, and I, I will also highlight elves being kind of tied into that. Oh, in that yeah. It was the same mini doll characters that Friends had. And I can understand that people don't love the mini dolls because they're quite a departure from that traditional Lego minifigure that yes. we know and love. Um, but I think a lot of the colors and parts that we've gotten from Friends have been absolutely phenomenal yeah. and have really helped all of us lego builders like expand our library of kind of parts and colors to work with yeah so well and and I, and I do also want to highlight that especially over the last few years like the quality of front sets has especially stepped up um and like they really do feel like they're on par with like almost the quality of like ninjago sets and yeah. stuff so i think just because of the title of the theme a lot of people kind of skip over it when there's a lot of really great builds in there yeah yeah you're so right with the friends because i had you know i've got two daughters and when they came out it was just like oh this they just gravitated to it and it just yeah it seemed like a no-brainer and the elves yeah, as absolutely. well yeah and then mm-hmm. you also you bring up a good point the quality of the lego brick you know when you look at the other competitors out there or the knockoffs there's just they fit they click there's no separation or anything like yeah. that they, they really do have it down to a a, a very exact science like they're um margin for error is unbelievably small i can never remember it's like several decimal points of like a centimeter or something like that it's absolutely bonkers the the kind of quality that they've managed to get into these bricks and it obviously makes for a very compelling building system as many of us have become suckers for for them so (laughs) yes yep yeah, I spent many hours. My son liked the Halo stuff, which came from Mega Block, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. just you know that was putting that together. It was just it was you know not comparable to what we get from the the quality of Lego. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And now, is there a certain IP you would like like to see Lego come out with? I mean, I feel like we've been very spoiled, mm-hmm. so I don't like to be too demanding. But I do think um, companies like Pokemon are a huge miss, and yeah. unfortunately, one of the competitors, Mega Blocks or Mega Constructs, does have Pokemon. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder, like, like why do you continue to be with the with the slightly inferior option yeah. when you could be with Lego and be doing so much more? Right. Yeah. Um, and I do think Destiny, of course, has has a lot of potential as well. I think it skirts the line of like like violent fps's as overwatch did because like i was like lego's never gonna make an fps ever and then all of a sudden they did overwatch and i'm like well if you're gonna go break your own rules you might as well do it a little more (laughs) absolutely Um, because they called it an action adventure team game or something like that and i was like all right you're getting real creative there (laughs) eh um so yeah i mean like and i mean again we've had destiny from from mega constructs as well yeah Um, and they definitely did some cool stuff with it 
but I, I, I don't think it would be near the same level as what Lego would do with it. So yeah. hopefully someday we continue to head down in that direction and yeah. get some more cool stuff. Do you have any standouts that you would like to see? Well, because I'm an eight child of the eighties, uh, GI Joe always stuck out, but GI Joe was made by some other, I think Hasbro or some, you know, partnership yeah. they had. Mm-hmm. And it just was not as cool. But then again, it goes against, you know, the, the whole shooting thing. And, but yeah, that would mi- be very military, that, unfortunately. Yes, yeah. But yeah. we do have brick, uh, brick arms. I think it is other ways. Yep. of mm-hmm. created some really good yeah. avenues for, uh, you know, bringing the, especially like a lot of the, other builders out there that like to do like world war two and Vietnam exactly. and things like that. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Super, super fun. So now you, you, you said that you started with YouTube because one of my comments was going, or one of the questions was going to be, you know, what was your, did you go YouTube or did you go Twitch? But YouTube at an early age was really your first sort start. of, yeah. but it, it did end up being Twitch. That yeah. was like kind of where I really found kind of my vibe, I guess with, yeah. with content creation. Um, I had discovered Twitch actually because of Destiny yeah. way back when. I was playing with a couple of friends when uh, when it came out, and then they slowly started to fall off Destiny. I was not so interested in falling yeah. off of Destiny. I was really loving it. So I started exploring, you know, where can I find more people playing Destiny and engaging with Destiny content. Yeah. So on Reddit, I was reading through the Destiny sub subreddit, and I kept seeing these references to, you know, you can play with streamers and get help from streamers. I was like, this sounds really interesting. So I, of course, made my way over to the website, discovered this absolutely ginormous platform. I had no idea existed. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is this is a really cool like concept and idea. And I remember playing with like my first streamer and just like it was like, oh, it's really cool that I can get help with this and like interact with this person that I'm watching. And then uh, they were also actively pushing creative at the time on the platform. I think it was like late 2015, early 2016. Yeah. So they just created the creative category and were really amping it up yeah. and i was like oh man like all this great con creative content i'm like someone's got to be doing lego building on here because it's just like a huge place i just happened right. to have not heard of it but it turned out no lego person had really heard of it and there was nobody doing lego content wow. on there and so i thought that was a really unique opportunity like hey like maybe i can be someone who helps bring some lego content to twitch yeah and so that's kind of what inspired me to start my journey and luckily a couple of other people kind of got the similar vibe at a similar time yeah and so I think within like a few months, there were several of us that kind of started streaming Lego and that slowly grew into just more and more people getting into Lego building on Twitch. And um, luckily, as that kind of happened, we found a lot of cool ways to integrate Lego into the broader Twitch community. Yeah. And we managed to bring like Lego to TwitchCon in 2017. And then that just kind of slowly kept growing into doing lots of cool, you know, Lego adjacent events yeah. with yeah. Twitch and and other, you know, Twitch related things. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, because it was so cool. Because I, I don't know if it was, I think maybe Dr. Lupo's wife, Sam, was, I was just looking through a post. Maybe she highlighted something like, oh my God, Brick and Nick, Legos on yep. Twitch. What a great concept. And it's like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, there's cooking. Is Why not have Legos? And yeah, it was exactly. such a cool thing to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun uh, having Sam involved, uh, Mrs. Dr. Lupo. And that um, I was actually one of the, one of like the, one of my best pieces of content, I feel was something I created called Battle of the Bricks, which is basically a Lego live Lego building competition. Yeah. And so I've done three seasons of that show. Um, it's unfortunately been a while. It's a very difficult thing to kind of run and manage. But um, I had uh, Mrs. Dr. Lupo as part of my third season. The first two seasons, I did more like kind of Lego builder focus. Yeah. So I invited really great builders that I knew from within the community to compete in Lego building challenges. 
And then for the third season, I mixed it up a little bit and invited a bunch of content creators. Yeah. So I focused a little bit less on the creative building and more just like doing silly like speed-based challenges. Yeah. You know, building with one hand and glasses, funny yeah. glasses and all sorts of wacky weird ways to build lego sets uh under timed pressure uh but <laughs> she actually won her season mrs oh, dr no she was awesome um so it was really really fun having her involved oh cool and now how would you describe your stream um uh, my stream most of the time is a very chill place there are definitely moments of of hyping chaos yeah but i think the the nature of lego building in general is just that it's a very kind of slow paced relaxed activity um you really can't kind of rush and like have crazy hype moments with Lego building necessarily. Yeah. And that it's not like a video game where it's like, you know, all of a sudden you get some crazy kill streak or some wild kill and like in an FPS and yeah. you know, the crowd goes wild. You don't get those kind of moments in just assembling some Lego bricks. Yeah. Um, but it does have a nice vibe in that. It just feels like somewhere you can just sit back, relax, chill out. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people really like the sound of Lego building as kind of like background noise as yeah. well. They almost, I guess have like, an asmr type property to it right um i don't like hyper focusing on that and there are people who do lego asmr content which i think is really fun for the people who enjoy it oh my god um <laughs> like but, putting uh, your hands yeah, in bricks like and very, making that noise yeah exactly exactly <laughs> um so it's just a very nice relaxed kind of environment and then you occasionally you know you get the kind of the end result of what is being built whether it's yeah. a lego set or a custom build and it, it it can be kind of cool to feel like you were part of the process yeah of seeing how this thing came to life. So, oh, cool. yeah. Yeah, I got to think one of the other neat things about being able to, you know, interact with a content creator who's focused on Legos is somebody who's building something or not sure how a technique happens or how to how a technique mm -hmm. puts together. They can yeah. ask you and, exactly. you, yeah, pull the pieces together and yeah, here's it, how. It, it can definitely have a bit of a, an education piece to it. Um, so it can be really, really cool to kind of share. As I'm exploring and discovering techniques that are working for me with the yeah. build and stuff, I can kind of directly share that and hopefully be inspirational to people and uh, how they might go about their building. Cool. And now back to your first streams that, you know, it's always an experience like you're going live and now you've got strangers mm -hmm. coming in asking you questions. What was that like? It, it, it was very weird. I think I still have like a highlight from my very first stream. Yeah. I was building something from destiny, of course, because I wanted to kind of tie my two worlds together. Yeah. Um, and I remember, um, I think it was like, Someone that I had interacted with on Twitter a couple of times, just like a fellow Destiny fan that I had figured out was Canadian as well. Yeah. Um, just hopped in and we, we we chatted a little bit about building and Destiny. And um, I was really, really lucky to kind of have someone there for my first room. I know not, not many people are so lucky. Yeah. Um, but it just was like felt really cool and neat to kind of have that ability to interact while I was doing something I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just made it more of an engaging process. So oh, wow. I was really appreciative for that. And now what year did you go live on Twitch? Was it 2017? 2016, January 1st of 2016. I picked a very specific day so I wouldn't forget because my memory's the worst. And I'm like, okay, if I'm going to start this, I'm going to start it on a very obvious day. So I never forget when my first stream was. <laughs> so you've been doing this for a long time. So over the years, what is, you know, in your opinion, using the tools that Twitch has offered, what's, you know, what is some of the, you know, good things that you've seen change? um in terms of like on the platform itself yeah. or like the tools they they provide uh, for you and things like that i'm not gonna lie i don't know if i've ever like taken advantage of a lot of the tools twitch yeah. has put forth maybe um I, I think because i don't fit in the typical realm of like gaming yeah. content a lot of the stuff that would be really cool like extensions and yeah. things that kind of really enhance the like gamer viewer relationship yeah um, don't necessarily apply to me a lot um so I mean, I mean, I I will I will say I was part of a Twitch drops event once oh, uh, cool. for Overwatch, 
Um, oh, wow. It was a very felt out of left field thing, but yeah. they were like, hey, we have this like Lego themed <laughs> event happening in Overwatch. Um, and we would love to have you as part of it to be something a little bit different from the gaming content. Yeah. And that was by far one of the coolest opportunities of my of my Twitch career. Um, yeah. I, I think I peaked at like 18,000 viewers in a stream uh, going from like my normal 40 to 60. Yeah. Um, so that was a, a pretty wild experience. But it was really cool seeing people be excited about something a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and it was just definitely fun getting to share my love of building with so oh, many people. Cool. And now, mm -hmm. you know, that that brings up a good point about, you know, this the when you go from 40 to 60 and you either have that big raid or that big event happen, how, how do you prepare for something, you know, going from X numbers to triple X numbers? I, I don't think there's any, like, true preparation. Um, you can obviously do some things to help make everything a little bit more manageable. Yeah. I think I was using, like, the two-second slow mode um, to just slow down the pace of chat just a little bit so people weren't spamming as much. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, having some quick mods on hand as well was was important because there were lots of people who were very excited to troll the random Lego dude oh, okay. at the Overwatch event. Um, and, and, I mean, like, having been on Twitch for a few years before that, I've certainly grown some thick skin to the, the silliness and ridiculousness yeah. of trolls. Um, I know it can definitely affect people differently, but... I've gotten very good at just like not taking any of that seriously because those people are not worth putting any time or energy into. I agree. Yep. Um, so yeah, just having some mods that were ready to kind of act quickly and keep a little bit of a better pace and vibe going yeah. was great for sure. And then you just learn that at like with chat operating at that speed, you're just not going to catch everything. Yeah. You pick out what your eye catches, you, you, you engage what you can. Yeah. And I think people are pretty understanding that you're not going to be able to respond to every message yeah. in, in that kind of uh, environment. So just do your best, and I think people will be very appreciative of you just trying to be there as much as you can. Yeah, very cool. And now, what is your what's your Twitch partner story? I always ask. I, people. I'm not partnered on. Oh, Twitch. Oh, really? So For, oh, yeah, I, I ain't got that story to share just oh, yet. Oh, <laughs> okay, not yet. Yeah. Well, you got some I, Twitch guys. I, I and... almost, I almost kind of like it. Like it's not that I like that I'm not partnered. Yeah. I, there are obviously a lot of great perks to being partnered, and I would love to have some of those, especially for my community. You know, more emotes and quality options yeah. would be some really nice things. I've actually always kept my stream at 7, 20, 30, yeah. um, just to ensure more accessibility because okay. I do know, like, being a Lego builder, lots of younger people watch, and they yeah. don't necessarily have access to the best internet or best devices. Yeah. So I always like to try to keep my streams more accessible, but I'd love to stream in higher quality someday. Uh, <laughs> so quality options would be nice. Cool. Um, but I, I, I think it's nice to show people that, you know, you don't need to be a Twitch partner to achieve success on Twitch. Yeah. You know, um, it that, that check mark is not the only metric for success for sure. Um, oh. And I mean, I, I've been doing events with Twitch since 2017. Uh, I've done like five Twitch cons now. Yeah. And, you know, I've managed to create this great working relationship with them and find lots of other cool opportunities with Overwatch events. Yeah. Um, I've had Apex share some of my work. Fortnite re has retweeted my stream before. Um, so I've had a lot of great opportunities cool. um, still come about. And that, that check mark wasn't a requirement for those things to make it happen. And I think people right. almost kind of think of like, I can't really do anything until I get that check mark. But that is a self-imposed restriction. So yes. don't ever let the fact that you may or may not have a check mark limit what you try to do. Well, the only you know, it's just a check mark. Nothing changes from mm -hmm. a revenue standpoint. It's nope. not like all of a sudden you get the check mark. Now you can coast. The next day yeah. you still gotta you know put the work in. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So now since you went live, what's been some of the you know what's some of the tougher things to do? Some of the tougher things. Um, I think being consistent with streaming is really really tough. Um, just like in terms of how much energy can go into an individual stream, I think people really underestimate mm -hmm. like how much of a toll just being kind of yeah. present and active and engaging for several hours on end can can really be. 
Um, I do find after most streams, I'm ready to just shut down for an hour or two. Like yeah. I can't really operate beyond just like the bare minimum. Um, yeah. cause it just takes a lot out of you. So I think, I think that's a, a, a big thing for sure. Yeah. Um, and then just like, like continuing to push yourself to find different ways to get yourself out there. Yeah. Um, so even just like, like, again, the TwitchCon was, was something huge for me. And that was like when I, when I, when I developed that relationship with Twitch, it was that TwitchCon had put out a call for panels. Yep. Um, I didn't have a panel idea in mind. I wanted to build a giant Twitch logo at TwitchCon, but I was like, I don't really know how else to get this out there. So I'm going to submit this as a panel and yeah. see what happens. Right. So like, it might seem like counterintuitive, like, oh, this is not what they're asking for. Like that would be a waste of time. But it actually led to a great end result for me. So I think just finding ways, unique ways to get yourself out there and not being afraid to put yourself out there is yeah. so, so important and can be a really tough thing, though. And I still struggle with it all the time. Like, I'd love to do another season of Battle of the Bricks, but I think, like, knowing how much work and yeah. time needs to go into it, I'm, I'm honestly just scared to, like, like have to put that effort in again because I know how tough it can be. Yeah. So it's something we all struggle with, I think, regularly. And when you do, though, get yourself out there and push yourself beyond your limits and put yourself outside of your comfort zone, that's when some of the most rewarding things happen. Yeah. So I certainly encourage everyone to continue to uh, push those boundaries. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And, and one of the you know other things that people don't realize, and I didn't really think of until just talking to you now about this, is being a Lego streamer, Lego content creator, your cam is on. People who are playing video games, they can switch the camera off. You don't. You, you, you've got to be turned on and nobody wants to watch Very a content so. creator who's not enjoying themselves and not mm -hmm. just not there. Cause they can just, yeah. just, you know, plenty more they can go tune into. So you need yeah, to have to be on a hundred percent. Indeed. And I do want to know, like, I don't ever want to be one of the people who's like, you have to stream all the time. You should never take breaks. Like again, recognizing that you do need to be on when I don't feel like I can quite be on. I'm not afraid to like step back and say, Hey guys, yeah. you know what? I need a night off. I need a night to recharge. I'm not going to be my, at my best tonight, and I want to make sure I'm bringing that to you. So it, it can be better to kind of step back and, and, and cool off. Yeah. Um, although I will note, there are a lot of people out there who do just do kind of the hand cams yeah. for, for streaming. Okay. So you don't necessarily need to feel like you need to put your face on, let's say, um, for for people. Um, there are some people who actually have been doing VTubing with, uh, with yeah. LEGO building as well. So that can be a great way to, you know, kind of shield a little bit of, yeah. of yourself if you want to. And just, you know, express yourself in a little bit of a different way. So there yeah. are certainly lots of avenues to... Uh, to still be able to enjoy Lego content without feeling like you have to have the whole, you know, yeah, your your face cam on and everything like that. Yeah, there's in the other aspect of this too is the whole mental, the mental health aspect of it too. You mm -hmm. know, you just it takes a lot. There's a lot more than just hopping on going live. There's the back end pieces, the social media aspect of it. You know, yeah. you're creating your videos. There's so much more than just hitting that go live button. There, there is for sure, and I think that's like one of the things I've come to be very aware of is just how much time and energy goes into kind of surrounding streaming. Yeah. Um, Cause streaming itself like is, is like once you get to find a group with it and stuff, it can actually be, you know, quite mm -hmm. fun and easy to do. Um, but it's like streaming by itself is never really going to lead you to like great success. Um, yeah. You need to be putting yourself out there on as many platforms as you can, creating that TikTok, YouTube, Twitter content, um, I mean, we'll see about Twitter anyways, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you really got to be putting yourself out there as much as you can to continue to find and, and grow your community. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's just, it, it's, it's very hard to appreciate, I think from behind the scenes, cause there's so much that goes into it. Even just, you know, staying on top of OBS updates mm -hmm. and streaming software updates and alerts and commands there. 
There's so many little, little things that can just really start to kind of weigh down on you and bear down on you and, and make you feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's just a lot to stay on top of. Definitely. And now looking back over the years, what's, you know, are some of the highlights that stick out that you were like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. I got to go th- to this. Um, t- TwitchCon has continued to be a massive highlight for me for sure. I've mm-hmm. gotten to meet a lot of really cool people at TwitchCon. Um, being part of, I would say, the GCX a Marathon oh, is yes. a really incredible one. That's the Gaming Community Expo Marathon, previously known as GuardianCon. Yep. Um, I've, I've gotten to do two blocks as part of that event, and I've felt wildly, like, out of place in, in, in those sometimes, and that, you know, I'm not a partner, <laughs> and I'm not some, like, big name, but they still choose to have me, and they still think I bring value to that, and that's honestly, like, a really huge compliment to, to know that people think what I do is cool enough. Mm-hmm. And even though I don't meet those typical kind of requirements, um, I still bring something to to the to the streams. Um, I've, of course, gotten to be part of Build Against Cancer as well, which is uh, Dr. Lupo's amazing annual charity event. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think it's pretty appropriate that I'm part of the Build Against Cancer event because there's a fun little play on the name there. Uh, so having some Lego building fun in the mix is, of course, really, really cool. cool. And it, it just felt like such an honor to be able to use my platform and mm-hmm. use what I do um, you know, as my passion to be able to help support uh, such an amazing cause with St. Jude. And, you know, I always, I like, I love St. Jude because to me, it's so important that every kid out there gets the opportunity in life to ex- like, obviously there are more important things, but yes. like also it's really, really like, I really want to make sure that every kid gets the opportunity to explore and have fun with Lego building. Cause I think it's such a magical thing that can be such a point of inspiration and creativity for people. Yeah. And so to to imagine that there are kids out there who unfortunately never maybe get to experience the joy of building, it's just really devastating, among all of the other things yes. that, of course, um, you know, cancer takes away from people. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I love, you know, just knowing that I'm helping maybe make sure that every kid someday will have the opportunity to try Lego building. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of the really cool things I've noticed is the content creation community, the Twitch, what dr lupo and, and sam lupo have done to raise money raise awareness and whatnot for for saint jude's it is just so cool to see and and the money they bring in for it is fantastic yeah it's yeah. it's awesome and it definitely has a huge impact so yeah absolutely so now over to the youtube side when did you start mm-hmm. sort of taking uh the youtube side more you know seriously or putting you know focus on content you're creating for that I feel like YouTube has been very on and off for me for a yeah. very long time. I think it started a little more in earnest in like 2017, I want to say. So about a year after I kind of found my groove with streaming, I realized YouTube would be an important part to tie into that. Um, but I've definitely been very on on and off with it and continue to be. Uh, more recently, I'd say I've been decently consistent with like some short content, mm-hmm. at least maybe from YouTube's perspective. TikTok, I don't think, has been as happy with my consistency. Uh, I feel like their uh, their demand for content is a little bit more intensive. But, um, yeah, like, I, I do think it is very important to kind of find something that, that works for you in terms mm-hmm. of, like, how you can create video content from some of your existing content. I like to kind of create, like, build tutorial videos. Mm-hmm. I always like to try to put an education piece in there. Um, and then, you know, just, like, highlighting some of my cooler builds, doing fun things with some of my cooler builds. Mm-hmm. Um, I've certainly, you know, brought in some of my builds to, like, silly events and silly places to make some fun content with them. Um, so yeah, just like exploring kind of different ways to, to share my love for building. Cool. Yeah. The whole TikTok thing, that's, that's a mystery to get, you know, mm-hmm. what hits, you know, with this video yeah. is like, Oh yeah. It feels really all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So now, you know, since you started down this career, this, this, uh, path, did, was there a certain moment that it hit that's like, I can do this full time or was it just a gradual momentum you had going? It, it was certainly like a very slow, long build up to all of it. But um, weirdly, 
like I was reached out to by Amazon mm-hmm. um, in I think late 2019. And they were like, hey, we are we're, we're testing out this live streaming platform. And I was like, live streaming on Amazon? What? Like, I was like, why would I want to do that? Amazon's not a place for live streaming. Like, this makes no sense to me. And thankfully, a very good friend of mine who's much smarter than I was like, Nick, this is Amazon. This could be a big opportunity. Don't say no. Like, right. check this out. Explore. And so um, in addition to live streaming on Twitch, I started exploring live streaming on Amazon, which was kind of like it actually tied really well, weirdly, into my background with retail. And yeah. that it's like a, a very customer service focused kind of platform in that you can live stream, but also showcase product at the same time. Yeah. And I obviously didn't want to, you know, I don't know, kind of feel like a sellout, I guess, with, right. with a lot of that content. I think it's very easy to, and really there are lots of people doing it very successfully on Amazon, and that is totally, you know, if, they, if, they, if they're comfortable with that, that's yep. fine. But I'm not that kind of person. I struggle as it is to even, you know, just like remind people to sub to the stream and things like yeah. that. I, I'm not a big fan of asking for things. So I always just try to find like, okay, how can I organically share, you know, products that I enjoy while actually enjoying them? So I, I early on did a lot of gaming, yeah. And then I, of course, did a lot of Lego building on there, too. It was a great place for me to do more set building, mm-hmm. which I find I don't like doing as much on my normal stream. I like doing creative stuff on Twitch. Yeah. So it was a great place for me to kind of separate out my content a little bit. Um, and weirdly, that slowly turned into something that became full-time work. Wow. And it was just like after a couple of months of doing something, like, all right, um, you know what? I think I'm feeling like this is consistent enough. And this has been a great enough opportunity for me that I can step away from all of my other kind of normal work, mm-hmm. move away from retail and what, and uh, do this full time. Excellent. So, yeah. Now, speaking of building, what do you, what is your, what do you like to build? Do you like to do minis? Do you like to do big, you know, big sets? Ooh, um, I, I like to build at all different scales. I have a very strong appreciation for small stuff when it comes to Lego, because I love the intricacy of using small pieces yeah. to achieve, you know, different techniques and stuff like that. Um, but I certainly also enjoy a lot of the stuff that big builds can offer. Yeah. So I have built um, in a very wide variety of sizes and scales, and I think there can be fun from from all of it. Yeah, um, just depends on kind of what grabs my interest and what I might be building, and you know how can like how can these things be fun in different ways? Yeah. And now, was, is there a certain technique or something that you learned over the years? Of like, wow, I, that was a tough thing to figure out, and how do I get this piece to? wrap around this piece for sure I, I i do think there is a lot of uh need for lego math when it comes yep. to building and when you develop a good understanding of how lego bricks can kind of interact in different directions and orientations and how the math kind of plays into that mm-hmm. i do think that really helps you unlock another level of building and that you can now suddenly do things you weren't able to do before yeah um so just having a really good understanding of how you can build in different directions and how that kind of maps up. I feel like I should demonstrate because like this yeah. is really confusing to hear otherwise. I swear I used to have a thing. <laughs> eh, I don't really have a thing handy right here, but I'll kind of try to show you. Um, so for example, when you stack Lego pieces, if you look here, you'll see like th- this is one plate at the bottom yeah. and then a brick makes up three plates and then the white piece on top would be another plate. So that's yeah. five plates total in height. Lego plates are like the thinner version of a Lego brick, for example, which yeah. is the red piece in the middle. Um, what's cool is two studs. So the things that are usually on top of a Lego brick actually equal in length to five plates. That's a really unique property that allows you to basically kind of create little cubes and squares. And so all of a sudden you can do so many different things with the, with yeah. the pieces and they just interact in such a different way um, that it really opens up lots of doors for cool. how, you can, how you can get in on some building fun. 
Neat. All right. Now, regarding that your... That was a little technical. I'm so sorry. That's okay. No, that's good. <laughs> I like that. So now, regarding your stream, so you've done Battle of the Bricks, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the chat with Lego Masters, viewer mm -hmm. bills. What else? You know, those are all unique things that you don't get from a typical gamer stream. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I really would say I have, like, another big idea. I, again, I would love to continue Battle of the Bricks. Um, chat with the Masters has obviously been something really cool, kind of fun to do in the moment. Um, I, I'm, I'm part of the current season of LEGO Masters airing on Fox and CTV in Canada. Um, so it's a really, really, you know, it was a very crazy experience, one that I really, really enjoyed. It's definitely one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, and I certainly, you know, would put forward a word of warning for anyone who's considering it because, like, as ready as you think you are, you're not. Like, it's <laughs> it's it's just more intense than you'll ever imagine. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's just really, really cool kind of having an opportunity every week to kind of share and reflect upon that experience with yeah. all the fellow contestants. And just give a little bit of insight into like you know what our ideas were, what our thoughts were behind each of the challenges and each of the builds. So yeah, that's that's a cool thing you added into your stream every like after mm -hmm. every episode. Here is sort of the breakdown of your builds and yeah. whatnot. That was yeah, that's really really you know, uh, cool way of doing that. And now speaking of Lego Masters on Fox, so you were on the show with Stacy, and mm -hmm. who is Stacy first of all? Stacy is uh, a friend of mine. Um, we actually connected through Amazon. We both stream on Amazon. Oh, okay. So that is a big part of our jobs as full-time content creators. And um, when the the casting for the third season of the show kind of started, I was thinking, I'm like, okay, who do I know or who am I aware of that like likes Lego, is doing content creation as a job, yeah. and is also Canadian, was, yeah. was kind of a bonus one. And so I had noticed Stacy had been doing a lot of Lego building on her stream over the last year. And I was like... She's obviously, you know, is very comfortable on camera as well. I think yeah. it's an important thing for a TV show, of course. You want someone who is going to be ready to, you know, just put their best forward um, and who's going to be creative and fun and energetic. And so I was like, man, Stacy's just like meets all of these requirements and more like. So I was I reached out. and I was like, hey, look, I know we've never met. Um, we, we had like stumbled upon each other's streams a couple of times yeah. as you do as streamers. Um, but I was like, hey, I know we've never met or anything, but like I'm, you know, working towards applying to be on this show and I need a partner. And I think me and you align on a lot of really fun stuff. So what do you think of like trying this out with me? And she was down for it. And oh, so really? we just went for it. And lo and behold, it magically worked out. And oh. our first time building together actually got to be like on the show. Oh, my God. Wild. So, <laughs> That's yeah. so crazy. We had so done some like virtual building practice yeah. beforehand. But uh, definitely doesn't replace building together, especially not in an environment like the uh, the Lego oh, Master set. Is. Yeah. So now, how did you get involved with the show? Did you just see previous seasons? Like, you know, I I think I could do this. Um. So they're they're actually very like intensely active about recruiting people. Okay. So they scour Instagram and other social medias to find people who like Lego. And yeah, I'm sure you can imagine there are tons of people who are posting oh, Lego related yeah. stuff on there. So from the very first season, they had reached out and been like, hey. You know, we really love what you do. And obviously, I think, you know, seeing that I live stream and stuff, they can yep. already get a sense that I'm comfortable in front of the camera and stuff. So that goes a long way. And so we, we've we've been talking for many years now with some of the casting people. Yeah. And it just felt like the stars kind of aligned for this for for us to be on the third season. So oh, cool. And yeah. now when did you get word that you you're on or was it just a lot of back and forth and it wasn't really that um, big of a surprise? Like, yeah, the, the um, casting process is certainly a lot of back and forth. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, I can't I, I am, you know, restricted in how much yeah. I can actually say about it. Um, but I think it would probably would have been maybe around like late February yeah. that we kind of got the like actual like, OK, this is happening. You yeah. have a plane ticket. You're going down. <laughs> to to where the show was filmed and stuff and it, yeah um i don't like i don't actually even know if i can say that there was like a real moment 
where yeah. I felt the impact of it because it's just like it all just feels so surreal. Like, how is yeah. any of this happening at all? Oh my um, God. So, like, yeah, you just and and being a Lego builder, of course, and I, I'm admittedly a little competitive at times. <laughs> like, I think I, it was very hard to kind of just step back and like be appreciative when I'm yeah. like, okay, this is a competition. Like, I really got to be on my A game here. I got to practice and prepare. So it was very hard to kind of pull myself out of that and. And and yep. you did it with Stacy, who you haven't built with. All the other competitors mm-hmm. there, they all sort of you know work together. I, and I know you you would be surprised at how many of the teams there are very similar. And yeah. that, as as one of my uh, fellow contestants very kindly put it, there's like a show and a pony. Yeah. So there's someone who really knows what they're doing with the brick usually, yeah. and then someone who brings a little bit more of the personality and the fun to it. Yeah. And I think most teams kind of fell into that category. Yeah. Uh, because naturally, it's hard to find two Lego builders that like have um, like that shared story and stuff and kind of yeah. can bring that fun, energetic, like personality and stuff to life yeah. as well. So it just ends up happening a lot of time that you get like one builder pairing up with a friend of theirs who's maybe not as much of a builder yeah. or just, you know, likes Lego as a casual fan, but is down to try out this crazy experience yeah. with you. <laughs> now, I thought, now was it shot in Canada or shot down in the States or down here? It was shot States? down in the States, yeah. I was surprised mm-hmm. because there seems so much Canadian content on the show between the, the Calgary firefighters yeah. and the, the brother and sister that mm-hmm. are like hockey. It's like, this just seems so Canadian. I think Will Arnett's it, it Canadian does. too, right? For sure, for sure, yeah. yeah. Um, it is the first season that's had Canadian contestants, though. Oh, okay. So I think, you know, they kind of enjoyed having a, an all-American cast for the first two seasons, which yeah. I totally get. It's called LEGO Masters US, ultimately. Yeah. Um, And, you know, the, the, even the trophies has LEGO Masters USA on it and stuff. <laughs> um, so, like, it's very heavily implied that this is an American show. Yeah. But, you know, we luckily do have our, our, our neighbors to the north. Yes. And uh, I guess this year they decided some of us were fun enough or exciting enough or whatever you may want to call it that they wanted to have us involved as well. And so uh, it was. It was. I was honestly super stoked to see other Canadians there when I when I arrived because yeah. I was expecting just based on like I don't know. I guess the fact that there were so many Americans that it might not be likely that they'd have other Canadians. Right. That, you know, they only had one slot to fill for for a Canadian or something like that. Yeah. So it was a it was a very fun surprise and obviously it made it very easy to build fast friendships with yeah. uh, with my fellow Canucks. Oh, good. Yeah, because I heard so many processes and projects. Like, man, this is all in Canada, but no. Because down here it's process and project and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, but now yeah. I don't know if you can answer this one. Um, when they give you the time, the sixteen hours to build, is that you're there from sixteen hours, or is there like a you know we'll do half today, tomorrow, that type of thing? I, I'm sure you can imagine legally they cannot have yes. people building for sixteen hours <laughs> right. straight. So, uh, they, I, I, I again, it's a yep. thing I can't quite go into no detail. Worries. Other past contestants have answered these questions yep. online, so you can definitely find info on it. No worries. But yeah, I'm sure you can imagine that it is not all in one sitting. <laughs> and uh, what was the toughest thing about you know being on the show? I, I think it's very much an endurance thing. Yeah. Um, uh, people again online like contestants online have shared that a typical like schedule for a full season of the show is six weeks yeah um and it, so like as an example the last season was 12 episodes yeah so you can imagine squeezing 12 episodes of of the show into six weeks is a pretty tight yeah experience um so it's just like it's it's a marathon like nothing else yeah um and just requires a level of kind of energy and consistency that is really difficult to put into words well, um absolutely and it's got to be tough for people who are like content creators like yourself who 
mm-hmm. most people I've talked to or have had on the podcast talk about they can't take time off because they'll see that drop in viewership and things mm-hmm. like that. So to to pull away for six weeks, that's a huge, huge commitment. It, it, yeah, for sure. It is it is a big thing. But I mean, at the end of the day, I did know going on Lego Masters would have benefits right. for a content creator. So, of course, it was a pretty easy trade-off to, yeah. to justify. Um, and then again, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Oh, and, yeah. I, and I hope all content creators out there would never be afraid to tackle a, a cool once-in-a-lifetime experience like that yeah. for the sake of, you know, oh, I'm worried about my, my numbers dropping and stuff. You have to ultimately weigh the pros and cons of like what's ultimately important for you and what's going to be fun and unique for you to do. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like again, the the hours of it, like gosh, I wish I had done just like more endurance training. Yeah. I think if anything before the show, because it's just a level of exhaustion I don't think I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that was going to be one of my questions. Was you know if if you had advice for somebody who was going to think about doing the show, that's you know just yeah. It would be like practice Lego building techniques for sure. There's lots of great resources out there to explore like how to motorize things, yeah. how to use Technic to help structure your builds, how to build faster. Admittedly, I think one of the things I'm realizing I wish I did more was like learn how to find ways to optimize building more quickly. Yeah. Um, and then it would just be like straight up like endurance. Yeah. Like you are going to be exhausted. You're going to be tired. So the like the better prepared you are health wise for yeah. that, the better off you'll be or the show cool and what are a couple of memories that really stick out that you can share about being on the show um i would say from the show the the one that jumps out to me right away from something that has aired already is uh the corgi yeah uh, <laughs> in that um there's been a very long standing running joke within my community uh about corgis yeah and that i do these things called viewer bill requests and i once built a fox uh, yeah. i think it was like supposed to be the fox and the hound and someone came into the stream. Uh, I think their their username is the only star. I remember who it is. Um, and they were like, "That's a corgi." And I'm like, "No, it's not. It's a fox." <laughs> and I think everyone just thought it was hilarious that you know, you got the- I I, did, I really didn't want it to be a corgi, and everyone was very <laughs> insistent all of a sudden that it was. And so they just started requesting corgis all the time. Heck, I built one literally last night on another viewer build request stream. <laughs> this is a uh, corgi with a pilgrim hat yeah. juggling potatoes because oh, I don't know what, how is why not? Yeah, right. Um, I'm literally doing them all the time. And so it was like the funniest thing in the world. And uh, like, uh, just to backtrack a little yeah. bit, like with all these corgis leading up with theirs, they were like, Nick, you have to build a life-size corgi someday. You have to build us a life-size corgi. Like you just have to do it. And I was like, no, I'm never going to do that. That's ridiculous. Like, I don't care to invest in building such a large model of something I yeah. don't have that much interest in. I do, I do think corgis are cute. I think they're fun. But, like, obviously, I don't want... As a streamer, you never want to, like, admit to your chat that they're right or whatever, right? right? Yeah. So, um, I, but, yeah, I, like, swore off that I would never, ever build a life-size <laughs> corgi. And then, behold, I get on LEGO Masters, yep. and one of the challenges is to build a life-size dog, and one of the dogs is a corgi. So, of course, <laughs> I can't ignore the opportunity to, to make their dreams a reality yep. on TV. So, it was... So wild that that ended up happening, and I ended up getting to do that. And I love the wiggling butt. That was such a cool thing. I had to get the wiggling butt in there. Yeah. Um, you know, the, admittedly, I actually, a lot of people love the build, and they love the wiggling butt, and they thought it was worthy of, like, being in the top or even winning. I couldn't disagree more. Yeah. The build was actually a lot worse than the camera makes it look. <laughs> uh, but I will say I, the saving grace is definitely the butt wiggle. Yeah. So I'm really glad I got that in there. And now, you know, how does it feel after spending so much time building some of those creations and then having them just blow up? um you know what i think you you go into the experience knowing that this is likely they've definitely set a precedent for lego destruction in general um so so you're certainly aware and they don't have an unlimited resource of bricks so even when they don't blow them up 
they immediately get dismantled as soon yeah. as you're done with them. So you know none of these builds are, are going to last. Um, I do think it's really cool that in the, the first challenge from the season, um, the winner actually now has their build on display in the Kennedy Space Center. Oh, shoot. So it's one of the few and like rare circumstances where your build actually gets to stay together. Yeah. So that's really, really cool that they get to kind of have that commemorated. Um, and I'm glad they're mixing it up with with allowing stuff like yeah. that here and there. And now here's a question from somebody who builds so much at home and has your mm -hmm. organ your Legos are organized a certain way. Now you sure. go on set and they're organized, you know, I'm sure they're they're different how you organize your sets sure. and pieces. Yeah, fairly differently. Um, but like certainly still, I think there's like there's only so many different ways you can sort Lego. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure someone could come up with some very weird system that would make sense to absolutely no one. <laughs> but like, you know, there are parts and colors and then colors and parts right. separately. Right. And so like the 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 bricks on set are pretty well organized and they do help give you some information yeah. and some resources on how to figure out where things are. Uh, we had access to like an iPad with like a spreadsheet yeah. that we could search through and stuff. So there are a lot of resources out there to help us kind of figure that out. And so it really was pretty logical to, for the most part, to yeah. find the things that you needed. And now from a building at home aspect, when you create your, your, your mocks, how long do you keep them around before you tear them down or? It's, it's a little all over the place. Like some stuff I'll build just for the sake of taking the picture and then I'm like pretty much done with it. Yeah. Um, some things I want to maybe bring to Lego conventions. Yeah. I do love going to Lego conventions, and there's a lot of them that happen throughout the year. So sometimes I'll build a bunch of stuff, take it to a convention, and then, like, knowing that it has been displayed for the world, let's yeah. say, I'm, like, kind of happy to know that those builds are done. And then there are ones that I just love so much that I never want to take apart. So I think, like, some of my oldest builds would be from, like, here, and they might be from, like, as early as, like, 2012 yeah. or 2013. So they've been around for, like, 10, 10-ish years or so. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, just when I fall in love with the build... And I like it too much to take it apart. It's it'll just stay together forever. Cool. So. All right. Yeah. So now, what other who other con what other content creators are out there that people should check out? Do you think? Gosh, that is In that is space. a tough question because there are so many great people out there. Um, I really love my friend Brakes O'Brien. Me and him have become very close over the years. He does a lot more Lego adjacent content than mm -hmm. like Lego focused content. Um, he recently released a children's book. Oh, wow. Um, he's someone I see out there, and he is also not partnered. Yeah. And I think he's another one of those great people that's, like, a shining example of, like, how you don't need that check mark to yep. show that you can do awesome things. Yeah. Um. So he he actually just recently became a Hot Pockets ambassador through oh, a wow. contest that they had on socials, uh, which was really, really cool. So he's just someone who's getting out there and crushing it. And he's super energetic, always, like, just bringing so much fun and energy to his content. So, yeah, yeah Briggs O'Brien would definitely be one of the first people that jumped to mind. Yeah. All right. Cool. And now after stream, you're not building. What happens after? What, what are some of the things you like to do when you have that uh, Honestly, scrolling on Twitter, which is not, <laughs> it's not a thing I like to do. It's just the thing I end up doing yeah. a lot of the time. Uh, I think it's just nice to kind of feel like you can shut off the brain a bit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe, maybe pop into some video games here and there yeah. after a stream as well. Just a nice way to kind of cool off. Um, obviously, you know, I'm sure most gaming streamers don't go from streaming gaming for several <laughs> hours on end to gaming. No. But I like to go from my Lego building to some gaming afterwards. Yeah. Um, and then just like hanging out with my fiance, you know, just like chilling out, relaxing. So, yeah. 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 Now, what's uh, what are some of the TV series you guys like to watch? Oh, gosh, I'm really I'm really bad with TV series <laughs> in general. Um, like we're, I, I, we're we're watching The Office because I had never watched it before. Yeah. So she's helping me get educated yeah. on The Office, which has been good. <laughs> um, and then like we try to like help each other explore each other's like interest in shows. Yeah. We've only been together for about two and a half years now. Oh, wow. So, you know, we're still pretty fresh in our relationship. So yeah. there's a lot of things you want to kind of expose each other to. 
Um, so like we watched um, Avatar: The Last Airbender together. That's yeah. one of my all-time favorite series. And right now we're working through One True Hill, okay, uh, which is one of her favorite series. So nice. it's just fun getting to kind of learn more about each other yeah. through the shows we like to watch. Awesome. So any uh, any big plans happening this year? Any events that you're looking forward to? Um, honestly, like I'm just excited for the continuation of the the Lego Masters journey as it yeah. is. Um, again, it was one of the the most fun experiences for me, and it's still ongoing. So we still get to live in the excitement of it each week. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm just like really really enjoying that and trying to just make the most of all the fun things that are happening in and around it. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think there's anything else I can really think of off the top of my head other than that, unfortunately. Right. That's, that's the most exciting thing in my life. And it, it, <laughs> it is, is a pretty, pretty hard cool. thing to beat. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the, you know, that's the highlight yeah. right there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So now, okay, so we're done the podcast. Thank you so much cool. for coming on. But before hey, you go, you've got to yeah. shout out somebody who you think would make a good guest, potential guest, to come on and have a good story. Ooh, a good potential guest. Um, honestly, I'm going to I'm gonna jump back to my, my friend, Brix O'Brien. Right. I think he's an excellent person to talk to. He has a lot of great insight to share. Um, and has a very unique like uh, journey through yep. streaming and content creation. So I think he'd be a great person to talk to. Awesome. And now what are some of the socials? Where should people find you? You can find me on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, um, all at Brick and Nick. So B-R-I-C-K-I-N-N-I-C-K. Awesome. Same everywhere. Well, yeah. hey, thank you so much for doing this, man. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun chatting with you.